Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. Well, how's everyone today? Amen. Well, are you excited for Jesus? Are you excited for the Word of God? Come on, somebody. That's better. I believe today is a day of breakthrough in your life. No matter what you're facing, Jesus is here. His presence is here. And the way you grab a hold of him is by the hand of faith. How many believe God? Amen. Well, last week, Pastor Matt, um, as he said, began a series on fulfillment, and he preached a sermon called Fulfilled Promises. And um, he made a statement that he said, we have learned that from every problem we face, God has given us a promise to embrace. With every promise, there is a process. And so you may be believing God for things in your life today. You may be believing God for breakthrough in your family. You may be believing God for healing in your physical body. Or if you may be facing a financial situation where you think that there's no hope, there is a process to obtain the promises of God. And Pastor Matt um, ended his message last week speaking on the subject of faith. Faith, then, is the primary process in how we receive everything from God. So before we get into the word, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace, for all the benefits, the promises that you have given to us in Christ Jesus. Lord, Father God, we just thank you that as we approach your word, we approach it humbly and reverently, Father God. We ask that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, that you would flood them with light, with truth from your word. We thank you, Father God, that we would not just be hearers of the word only, only, but that we would be doers of it, for then that is where the blessing lies, when we put it into practice, and it brings about change. And we just thank you, Father God, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are going to be talking about the subject of faith, and this year is the year of fulfillment, but there really is no fulfillment without faith. And so this last summer, um, the Lord started dealing with me about faith because um, I had kind of gotten away from it, Um, started reading other things, listening to other people, studying what we call theology, and honestly, that really started to affect my faith, where I started doubting the promises of God. So God really had to get a hold of me and arrest my attention and bring me back to the foundations of my belief system. And part of that foundation system was the subject of faith. See, you never grow on um, and grow spiritually beyond the foundation of faith. Because if, it's, if something becomes old to you, it's not real to you, okay? If, if you have the mentality of, well, I've heard that before, 
I've heard about that subject before. Then it's not real to, to you. If it's real to you, it never gets old to you. So why faith? Why is it important? Why do we teach and emphasize faith? Well, number one, we are saved by faith. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Whoever believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth shall be saved. So you can't even be saved without faith. And then did you know that the Christian life is a life of faith? The Bible says in, in Romans 1.18, the just shall live by faith. If you're justified, if you're right with God, then you are to live by faith. Faith has to dominate your life. 2 Corinthians 5.5 5 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So the Christian life is a life, is a walk of faith. And then we are to fight the good fight of faith. It says that in, in, in 1 Timothy 6.12. And then we have intimacy with God through our faith. It says in Hebrews 11.6, For without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that would draw near to God, drawing near is intimacy. You can't have an intimate relationship with God without faith. And that verse also says that we can't even please God without faith. So how many of you know, by just by those few statements, how many of you think that faith is pretty important, right? Faith is vital to our Christian life. And then we obtain promises by faith. It says that in Hebrews 11.33 and Hebrews 6.12, through faith and patience, they inherited the promises. But how many of you know, if you think about it, looking back at the children of Israel, when they're wandering around in the, in the wilderness for 40 years, they didn't obtain the promises of God for their life. Why is it they didn't obtain it? Why did they suffer in the wilderness for 40 years and die and never entered into the promised land? In Psalms 106, verse 24, it reads this. Then they despised the pleasant land, having no faith in his promises. Having no faith in his promises. Verse 25 says, They murmured in their tents and did not obey the voice of, of the Lord. By murmuring, by complaining, by getting into fear and doubt, they did not inherit the promises because of their lack of faith. They didn't trust God. And really, not to have faith in the promises of God is really to not have faith in the one who promised it. And when you don't have faith in the one that promised it, you not only despise the promise, but you really despise the promiser. 
See, when they went into, the, into that land, they sent um, 12 Hebrew spies. Remember that? In Numbers chapter 13 and 14. And these 12 Hebrew spies, they saw the land. They saw how fruitful that it was. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. That is just a poetic way of saying that God's abundance was there. A land of abundance and prosperity. And what... They, they even saw the fruit of the land, how the grapes, one cluster of grapes, they had to carry on a pole with two, with two guys carrying that pole. It was so large. Land of abundance. But they got their focus, they got their eyes on the circumstances in front of them. They got their eyes on the giants of the land, the fortified cities, the, the battles that they would have to face, and they started to fear. And they brought back an evil report or a bad report, and they did not go in because of their lack of faith. Only Joshua and Caleb went into that promised land. So to, to despise the promise is really to despise the promiser. God said in, in Numbers 14, he said, how long, verse 11, 14, 11, how long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe in me? See, faith is so important. We receive promises by, by faith, but we honor and reverence God because of our faith. It's vital. See, Joshua was raised up. And in Numbers, or I'm sorry, in, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, God told him, Have not I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you shall go. So they had battles when they took possession of the land. When that new generation rose up, there was battles that they, that, they, that they had to face. But they did not fear. They believed in God and they overcome everything that stood in their way. And in Joshua 21, verses 43 through 45 in the New Living Translation, it says, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies." Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. So today we're talking about unfulfilled promises. There may be things in your life that are unfulfilled, but how do we move from the standpoint and the place of being unfulfilled to the place of fulfilled? That's what we're going to look at, and it's by faith. So just because we have the promises of God, and just because we have faith in God, doesn't mean that we won't have battles and challenges in our life. Joshua faced challenges. He faced the, the, the city of Jericho. 
and the walls had to come down. He faced the different kingdoms that were in the promised land that did battle with them, but nothing could stand against them because of their faith in God. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you won't have challenges. Doesn't mean you won't have circumstances that come up. But faith in God will give you the ability to overcome them. See, there's a lot of teaching out there today in books and other sermons. And thank God we, we have a church here that, that doesn't have this view. But they, they emphasize how to cope with life's problems. And when I hear the word cope, I just hear how to deal with them or how to put up with it or how to just get by with them. But faith in God doesn't just get by with the problem. It just doesn't put up with the problem. It overcomes the problem. Because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. If you want to be an overcomer in life, if you want to overcome the situation that you're facing today, you have to believe and trust in God. It is your faith that will overcome you. So what do you do when you're faced with challenges? How do you respond? Do you get into fear? Do you complain or do you go to God in faith and trust and confidence in him that he will meet every need of yours? Do you in confidence start to worship and praise him? Is that what you do? The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. When I read that, that tells me that there's going to be obstacles that stand in our way, that there is a fight of faith. But if you read that again, it's a good fight. A good fight is a fight that you win, right? A bad fight is a fight that someone hits you in the nose and you're out. But faith is a good fight because with faith, you always, always win. Always win. So how do you respond? Back... Um, Five years ago now, and many of you have, have heard this story about when um, our daughter Maddie was, was born. And so we were surprised on our 20th anniversary with our daughter Maddie. So just as Pastor Matt said, we've got three graduating, one from college, one from high school, one from 4K. So it was very odd giving my daughter driving lessons and then coming home and changing a diaper. Very, very different. But anyways, um, when she was born, um, my wife had a condition of vasia previa. And what, what that is, is when the um, umbilical cord, when the blood vessels are exposed, and then it's blocking the cervix. And so uh, Maddie's head would press on that umbilical cord and cause her heart rate to drop drastically. And so they um, admitted my wife into the hospital um, about, um, I think it was around six, six weeks? How, how long was it? Ten weeks early. Um, that she was admitted into the hospital and she was supposed to stay there um, to monitor to her. 
Well, she was there um, just a couple of days, and she started having these Braxton Hicks contractions at 32 weeks um, of pregnancy. And it would press on that umbilical cord where those blood vessels were exposed. And so what can happen then, um, because it's blocking the cervix and those blood vessels are exposed, they could, her head could have literally bursted those blood vessels and Maddie would have bled out in a matter of minutes, okay? 50 years ago, with, before ultrasounds, Maddie wouldn't be here today because there was no way of seeing that or knowing that. And it also could have been a potential threat to Jennifer's life as well. And so when that happened, the doctors decided we're, right then and there we're going to do the C-section at 32 weeks. And so this all happened within the matter of hours. And so I'm faced with that situation. Jennifer's faced with that situation. So all types of things are going through my mind. Thoughts of worry, thoughts of fear, what's going to happen but in those moments when those thoughts of fear come, you have a choice what you do with those thoughts. See, as the old saying goes, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. You can't stop thoughts from coming to your head, but you can stop whether or not they take up residence in your thought life. Okay? And so in that moment, when they were prepping her for that C-section, they wheeled her off, and I was alone there in her room. I made the choice. I had my cell phone, I had my, 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 my earbuds, I put them in, and I began to worship God. Faith was released through that worship. Remember, Pastor Matt uh, read this scripture verse last week about um, Abraham. Abraham was strengthened in his faith when he gave glory to God. Worship and praise will strengthen your faith. So let me ask you again, what do you do when you're faced with life circumstances? Ephesians 6.18 says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. In all circumstances. So if it's in all circumstances, no matter what you're facing, you are never to set aside your faith in God. No matter what. And evidently, the Ephesian church, they put aside their faith because Paul had to tell them to take it up. And that word take it up there is literally a military command and he's saying it with boldness. It's a command. Take it up. Don't let your, don't let your shield drop. God commands us to take up the shield of faith. And with it, we can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. And those fiery darts can be thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that come to your mind. So if we're supposed to take up the shield of faith, in order to take something up, you have to know what it is, right? 
You, you can't take up something if you don't know what it is. If I had a bunch of tools up here on, on the stage, if I had wrenches and screwdrivers and torque wrenches and drills, if I had all these two tools up here and I told my five-year-old daughter, go ahead and pick me up a torque wrench, if she didn't know what it was, how could she take it up? And if, once she knows what it is, then she needs to know how to use it, right? So you have to know what faith is, and you have to know how to use it. Really, faith, all that, all that faith is, is a conviction, a persuasion. What you trust and what you believe, that is what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, we'll read it from the New King James. Well, let's read it from the ESV first. Now faith is the assurance. So faith is an assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. It's, it's a conviction. It's what you confidently are persuaded about. The New King James says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. So faith then is the evidence that you have the promise before you see it with your physical eyes. Faith then is the proof that you are healed before you have it or see it in, with your physical senses. It's the evidence. So you believe it's fulfilled before you feel it. So when I worked at, um, after Bible school, I, I went on staff at the ministry, the, the, the Bible school there at uh, Rama, And uh, I worked in the media duplication department where we um, would mass produce all of the Hagen's um, CDs, DVDs, and before that, um, cassettes and videos. And for all those of, that are under 35, just look on history.com and you can find out what a cassette tape is. But um, anyways, we would get right down below my department was the shipping and receiving department. And so they would give us all the orders for the media products. And, and we would fulfill those orders. The thing about it is, we didn't consider when the person ordering the product, we didn't consider when they got it in their hands, that product fulfilled. It was fulfilled when we sent it. See, the promises of God are already yes and amen in him. Faith then takes or receives that promise. They are fulfilled. Faith is the evidence, the proof that they are fulfilled. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God according to um, Romans 10, 17. So when you get into the word of God, find promises in the word that promises you what you're believing for. Find promises in God's word that, that show you what you have in Christ. That will build your faith. But another way faith comes is by our intimacy with God. 
our fellowship with God. So I have fellowship, I have faith and trust in my wife, not because I read about her in a book or someone told me about her. I have faith in Jennifer and trust in her because I have an intimate relationship with her. That intimacy. See, fellowship with God is the mother of faith. Faith, then, is the fruit of our fellowship with God. So many times, people are trying to um, read promises and and get all these um, scriptures in them, and they're trying to believe God, but they don't really have any fellowship with God. Sometimes, the reason why we have unfulfilled promises in life is because we desire the promise more than we desire the promiser. Hebrews 11.6 says, again, for without faith it is impossible to please him and that he that draws near or comes to God must believe that he is and the rewarder of those who diligently seek the promise? No, it says to seek him. Sometimes I think there's faith failures because of that lack of intimacy with God. Spending time not only in his word, but in prayer, in worship, in daily fellowship with him. Where your trust is built on that relationship. So faith comes from hearing the word of God, but that hearing flows out of fellowship and intimacy with God. In Mark eleven twenty two through 24, this shows us how faith is released. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Or as um, the Greek says, have the faith of God, or have the, the faith that comes from God, or you could say, have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And we can say a lot about this text, but... Verse 23 says, whoever says to this mountain. Verse 24 says, um, whatever you say. So faith in God will work for whoever and on whatever. And faith receives. So verse 24, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When do you believe that you receive them? When they show up, when they materialize? No, that's not what the text says. The text says you believe that you receive them when the moment you pray. So the moment you pray, and it's in faith, you have to believe that that promise is fulfilled. 
One thing about this, that word receive, I think a lot of us have a misconception of that. We think that that is just a passive receiving, that, that, that God is just going to dump it in your lap. But that word receive there literally means to actively take hold of, to lay hold of aggressively, to accept with initiative. You're initiating it. And it emphasizes the volition and assertiveness of the receiver. Faith takes hold of the promise of, of, of God. Faith takes hold. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.13 that we have the same spirit of faith. We have it. If you're a believer, it's natural for you to have faith. Right? You wouldn't be a believer if you didn't believe something. Okay? So we have the spirit of faith. It's, he, Paul is, is, is confident there. He's not saying, I hope so, maybe so. He says we have it. And the spirit of faith believes and speaks. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what it has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain. The word of God has to be in our mouth. Sometimes I think that there's unfulfilled promises in our life because we're not doing a very good job speaking the word of God. The word of God has to be in our mouth. Sometimes praying to God is not enough. Now don't misunderstand me, I am not minimizing prayer. Prayer is important. But some people have unfulfilled promises in life because they have not released their faith through words. Faith then trains us, no matter what situation that we're facing in life, it should train us to automatically go to tell ourselves, what does the word of God say about my situation? So no matter what you're facing, I don't know what it is. I'm not, I don't know what you're dealing with today. But you have to train your mind to automatically default to the word of God. What does the word of God say? The word of God says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. The word of God says, by whose own stripes I am healed. The word of God says that, that greater is he that's on the inside of me than he that's in the world. The greater one's in me. If he's greater than anything that's in the world, he's greater than sickness. He's greater than disease. He's greater than, attack, than, than the attack of the enemy. He's greater than lack. The greater one is on the inside of you. Train your mind to think according to what God's word says and then put it in your mouth. The same spirit of faith. Before faith can move your mountain, it has to move your mouth. See, the spirit of faith will remove 
depression and anxiety from your life. The spirit of faith. See, a couple years or a couple years ago, all of a sudden, I don't know where it came from, but depression hit my mind. All kinds of crazy thoughts coming to my mind. And you hear a lot about depression today and, and anxiety today. And you have to know where it comes from. It's not just a mental illness. It can be, but it's not just a mental illness. Sometimes, and in my case it was, it was an attack of the enemy. And it really is also sin. Because it's, it's looking at the circumstances, getting depressed, and really not putting your trust in God. But it attacked my mind. And so I had a choice. I got to the point where I had to tell my mind to shut up. And I had to get a hold of it. Sometimes when we're faced with anxiety and depression, you, sometimes you just have to say out loud, mind, shut up. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. And then you have to speak to those thoughts. Thoughts, go in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you have to do that. You cannot put up with depression or anxiety thoughts from the enemy. Because they will stifle the life of God that's on the inside of you. And so today we're talking about, our prayer focus was on peace, the subject of peace. And in Philippians 4, verses 4 through through 9, it says, don't be anxious about anything. So there's not anything in this world any circumstances that we're going through that we are to be anxious about. We are not just supposed to be fearful, worried, depressed about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will, God, will keep and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And let me just mention this here, that word anxious there. If you look that word up, it literally means to be pulled and separated in opposite directions. That's what anxiety will, will do. Where you feel like you're pulled in all kinds of directions. Where it feels like you're coming apart at the seams. That's what it, that's what it means. So how do we respond to that? In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And then he tells us what to do. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God will come when we do that. But like any promise from God, once it's obtained, it has to be maintained. You may receive the promise of, of, of God, you obtain the promise, but now it has to be maintained. You have to take control of this mind. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It's your choice. You choose to, to either set your mind on the word or you can set your mind on the circumstances. But the peace of God will come when you set your mind 
on the word of God. And verse 9 says, what, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. See, when Paul wrote this, he was in prison. The verse before, he said, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. He was in prison. His circumstances were pretty bad, right? But he chose to rejoice in the midst of the circumstances. He chose to set his mind on the Lord. And he said, whatever you have seen and learned in me, put into practice. What did, what did they see in, in, in him? In Acts chapter 16, he was in jail in the city of, of, of Philippi. He was beaten. His back was bruised. He was in shackles. In the innermost prison. The innermost prison is the place that's so dark and deep and dark. The place where all the, the manure of all the prisoners were dumped. When, it, when you're in a place of deep darkness and anxiety and depression, where you feel like you're neck deep in manure, you have a choice. What did Paul do? It said at the midnight hour, the darkest hour of the night, he began to sing and to praise God. So whatever you're facing today, lift up your head and begin to praise and worship God. And the text says, and suddenly there was an earthquake and everyone's bonds or shackles were loosed. Praise and faith will break you free of depression and anxiety in your life. We have the same spirit of faith. We believe and we speak. I encourage you today to not only believe God, but speak the word of God over your situation. You tell the devil to leave your family. You tell your body to line up. You tell those finances to come in. You take your God-given authority and you put it into practice. And you take hold of everything that God has promised you. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy and for your grace. If there's anyone here today or online that doesn't know Jesus, that does not have a personal relationship with him, and you want that fellowship with God, that intimacy, because really that's where faith is, is found in that intimate relationship with God. And the only way that you can have that intimacy is if you receive him as Lord and Savior of, of your life. If you want that personal encounter with God, that intimacy with God, I encourage you to lift up your hands now. 
Let me see those hands. If you want an encounter with God, if you want to turn your life over to him, thank you, I see, I see that hand. Let's just pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you now. I acknowledge my sin and my need of a Savior. I believe that you went to the cross and that Jesus died and rose again for me. I ask now that you come into my heart Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. In a few moments, the, the worship team is going to, or the, um, the prayer team is going to be up, up here. If there's anything that you need prayer about, if you need someone to help you stand in faith with something, I encourage you to come up. They're more than willing to come and, and pray with, with, with you. At this time, the worship team, we're going to worship God. Just stand to your feet. Whatever you're facing, whatever situation that you're going through right now, put the word of God in your mouth. And like Paul in prison, lift up your hands and encounter heaven with your worship. And when you counter heaven with your praise and your worship, you I believe right now that whatever you're facing, that depression, anxiety, whatever has you bound will begin to lift and come off of you. And I just believe that. So let's praise and let's worship God. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.